Ibaka trying to stay with Durant, knocks it away, and Durant's limping. Durant goes down, holding his leg. Ibaka goes up, and is fouled down the other end. And Durant grabbing that right leg. It's the right calf that put him out. And his teammates going over to check on him. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening, downloading, and subscribing to the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm 12 Kyle. Check this out. On this podcast, we're going to talk about the NBA. More specifically, we'll talk about the death of a dynasty. Now, if you've been following this podcast, you know that I rarely talk about sports. But when I do, you know, it's always pretty uh, deep and entertaining. Um, If you're familiar with this podcast, you know that I am a huge NBA fan. Like I've been a fan of the NBA and watching the NBA since 1980. So me and the NBA go way back. (laughs) Just on a personal note, my favorite team is the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, Since we're talking about dynasties here, uh, there will be no talk about the Hawks. Hopefully one day we'll get there. But my hometown team isn't that good. So I'm just a fan. Again, outside of my team, I'm a huge fan of the NBA. Uh, At the time of this recording, we just uh, witnessed the Golden State Warriors on their quest to uh, win their third championship over the past three years uh, lose in the NBA Finals to the uh, Toronto Raptors. And, you know, there was a lot of talk this season about the Warriors dynasty. And the reason why they had talked about the Warriors being a dynasty because uh, the Warriors had gone to this was their fifth consecutive NBA finals and they won three titles over those five years. And that, you know, definitely is a dynasty. Um, But as I watched as a fan of the game, and again, I didn't have a rooting interest in the finals. Uh, Personally, I thought that if Golden State were healthy, they would have won. But you know, they weren't. And you got to tip your hat to the Raptors. The Raptors came and did it and they did it in a great fashion and you can't disrespect the champions. Uh, so, but just as a fan, I'm always interested from a historical standpoint as to how teams and players are, you know, looked at and how they're viewed and, and how they ultimately will be remembered. Um, for me, watching the Warriors over these last few years have been, you know, it's been really intriguing to say the least. Um, Because, you know, after winning three of the last five uh, NBA titles, you have to ask yourself, you know, is this dynasty over? Uh, And then you have to also just look at them from a historical standpoint and look at what actually happened to them. I mean, the Warriors won a title, then they lost the title and then. The team that they had, they won after the season after winning 73 games, an NBA record 73 games and nine losses. They lost to the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers led by LeBron James in the finals. And they went and signed Kevin Durant as a free agent. Now, keep in mind, Kevin Durant, at the time that they signed him, probably. 
I would say arguably was the best player in the NBA. So not only did they beat Kevin Durant's team, the Oklahoma City Thunder at the time, on their way to the finals, but they beat him and he came and he joined their team. And we and I don't have to get into you know the details of that. You know what happened. Uh, nonetheless, what was interesting about viewing you know the Warriors over these past few years is that they trotted out a team that you know was pretty unbeatable now you can beat a team on any given day um but I thought what was interesting about watching the Warriors is that what I would always tell people is that it's going to be hard for you to get in a seven game series four wins off the Warriors it's just it's hard because of the amount of firepower and the players that they had on that team um which leads me back to Kevin Durant, who, after the finals ended upon his free agency, informed not just the Golden State Warriors, but the rest of the NBA and the rest of the world that he would be leaving and headed to Brooklyn to play with the Brooklyn Nets and to play alongside his good buddy Kyrie Irving, who left the Boston Celtics to go play for the Brooklyn Nets. So you have arguably, I'd say, top three player in the league, um, you know, taking his talents to Brooklyn. Now, a lot led into that. And, you know, if you're a fan of the NBA, you know, some of the drama and some of the storylines. But you heard the clip at the top, you know, tearing your Achilles is a major, major injury in sports. Uh, it's very hard to bounce back from it in any sport, even more particular in basketball. Uh, so first and foremost, I think as a fan, I think we all would wish and hope that Kevin Durant can return to playing basketball uh, in a, uh, next season or whenever he takes the floor and still be the Kevin Durant that he once was prior to the injury. Now, I will say this. Uh while he's not a big man per se, uh, Kevin Durant, if if Kevin Durant can come back and be 80 percent of what he was, uh, he's still a top five, top 10 player. So uh, we will have to wait and see. But again, I found Kevin Durant to be very interesting and intriguing because not just his decision to leave, because I think most fans thought that Durant would probably leave Golden State. Right. They thought that after this season, people pretty much had <laughs> had written in the books that they were going to win a championship. Kevin Durant was going to ride off into the sunset headed to New York. Now, a lot of people, myself included, thought that Durant would be headed to the New York Knicks and not the Brooklyn Nets. But again, that just goes to, you know, what we think or what we may or may not know about Kevin Durant. What I found over this period of time is that, like, I don't know who Kevin Durant is. I'm not going to get in the way of the game because, you know, I want to have a little back and forth with Patrick Beverly. I'm Kevin Durant. You know who I am. Y'all know who I am. No, we don't know who Kevin Durant is. <laughs> we don't know who Kevin Durant is. And, I mean, he's a phenomenal talent. Uh, and, again, one of the – best players in the NBA, but I think there's a part of Kevin Durant that, or at least from the outside looking in as a fan, I can't speak to because I don't know him personally. 
But there's a part of Kevin Durant, I think, that wants to be accepted, that wants to be loved, that wants to be adored. And while that is most athletes, you normally don't see that from the guy who is one of the best. (laughs) You know, and I'll use I'll use Kobe Bryant, Kobe Bryant for an example. Right. Kobe was a phenomenal talent, one of the greatest players to ever play the game. But Kobe could care less if you liked him. Like he didn't he he didn't care about, you know, people's feelings or anything like that. Michael Jordan was the same way. And I'm just using these two as as examples. Now I know that they're further on the 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 spectrum. But yeah, Jordan didn't care. I mean, Jordan would almost he would almost be happy if you didn't like him like he he didn't worry about your uh your feelings in that matter you know his job and his thing was i'm going to do what's best for me and my team and i'm going to win and win at all costs um but yeah durant i think again from the outside looking in at times may have felt like a hired gun with the warriors uh you know the much um talked about spat that he had with uh, draymond green on the floor you know, I, I think that those words that Draymond Green said to him, and I mean, and I'm paraphrasing here, Draymond Green said, you know, because Draymond Green had been frustrated because he, like everybody else, had been hearing the talk earlier in the NBA season about the fact that Kevin Durant would be leaving. And I don't know necessarily if it bothered Draymond that Kevin Durant was leaving, but he wanted to make sure that Kevin Durant was all in and it, it kind of maybe in his eyes looked like Kevin Durant had one foot in the, in the door, one foot out of the door. And, you know, Draymond Grant, excuse me, Draymond Green called Kevin Durant a bitch. He said, you're a bitch and you know it. We don't need you. We won without you. Close quote. <laughs> um, and I think those words stung. Uh, was it? True. I don't know, because, again, I don't know Kevin Durant and I don't know how he takes to things. But, you know, it's been well documented about him going back and forth with people on social media, him having burner Twitter accounts and, you know, defending himself and him also being one that actually would finish a game. He could it could be a game where he scored 35 points, had 10 rebounds and seven assists and they won the game. And. After the game, he would be on Twitter checking to see what people were saying about him. I mean, like, why do you care? <laughs> uh, I If I was as, te- as talented as Kevin Durant, I trust me, I wouldn't give a damn. <laughs> I mean, I'm not even close to being as talented as, as he is on the basketball court, and I don't give a damn. Um, but, yeah, I'm not really sure who Kevin Durant is, and – it sounds, again, from afar, it sounds like a guy who's trying to figure himself out. Uh, nonetheless, you know, he made the decision, and I think that was one of the biggest things uh, that will play into, you know, the Warriors dynasty and, and how they move forward is he made the decision to leave. He made the decision to leave when, you know, had he come back, you know, he's still got a pretty good chance at winning more titles with the Warriors. Uh, but he chose to, you know, go to Brooklyn. And I honestly, I have no issues with that because he was a free agent. Uh, he'll be teaming up with Kyrie Irving. Um, you know, one thing 
before I move on from Kevin Durant, one thing I want to uh, kind of address is something that got kind of got played in the media a lot. Uh, you know, people said after he made his decision that KD was um, hurt by, you know, not being like not being as loved or as embraced as Steph Curry was by the fans of, of the Warriors. Um, someone, someone even uh, ventured to say that he was a little jealous that he didn't get the proverbial MVP chance while, you know, shooting free throws in his home arena. Um, which I think is crazy, but, (laughs) but if Kevin Durant is who I think he is, he should have understood that, like, you couldn't be Steph Curry. You'll never be as loved as Steph Curry in the Bay area. It's just not going to happen. Um, and I even saw where a former teammate, uh, Kendrick Perkins even referred to, he said that quote unquote, Kevin Durant was felt like he was, quote unquote, taking it, taken for granted. Close quote. I don't know how you can take for granted Kevin Durant, right? I mean, the guy was, the Warriors were 38 and 11 during the playoffs when Durant was uh, playing for them. I mean, they won two championships. Durant had two finals MVPs. So he's clearly, I, I don't think anybody with a brain or anybody with a clue would take Kevin Durant for granted. Um, but I'll say this, you know, one thing you have to keep in mind, the core of the Golden State Warriors, uh, Stephen Curry, Clay Thompson and Draymond Green were all drafted by Golden State. Uh, so when you look at the landscape of that team, you know, Kevin Durant wasn't a part of that core. Uh, and if you again, when you talk about he and Steph Curry, by all things that we've heard, he and Curry had a great relationship. But, you know, Curry's married, has a family, Durant's single. So I'm pretty sure those guys probably went their separate ways after practice or after games. But, you know, they had a great relationship or whatever on the court. And, you know, they had a mutual respect for each other. Um, But I heard something that really stuck to me. And and as a baseball fan, I think, you know, I, I definitely could appreciate it. But when Durant looks at how where he was um, compared to Curry, it's like this with baseball. Remember a few years ago when Alex Rodriguez played for the New York Yankees and, uh, you know, obviously the biggest star for the Yankees at the time uh, was Derek Jeter and Derek Jeter was homegrown. He was a Yankee for his entire you know career. Rodriguez was the you know hired gun, if you will, that came in to help the Yankees win a championship. But. In Yankees fans' eyes, and most of Yankees fans' eyes, you know, no matter how great A-Rod was, it's Jeter's team, right? And so Jeter could do no wrong. Jeter could go, like, hitless for, like, five straight games. A-Rod could hit, like, five home runs in five straight games, and Jeter still would be more loved. It's just, it is what it is. Same goes for... Uh, Kevin Durant and Steph Curry if Durant truly believed that he would be or get as much love as Steph Curry in the Bay Area he's crazy and I don't find Kevin Durant to be a crazy person but if he thought that he's crazy and I know what you're saying you're probably thinking okay well this is pretty egotistical trust me NBA players they all have egos so it got me to thinking 
is this the end with the Warriors run? Is this the end of dynasties in the NBA? I mean, again, I've been watching the NBA since 1980 and I saw my fair share of dynasties. The Lakers dynasty, Showtime Lakers in the 80s, the, the, the 80s Celtics. Of course, the, the Bulls had their run uh, in the 90s. You had the Lakers in the early 2000s. Uh, Miami had a run. San Antonio Spurs had a run. You know, so there have been teams, there have been dynasties here. And then obviously, you know, the uh, the run that uh, Golden State's been on these last few years. And, and even, you know, one of the greatest players to ever play the game, LeBron James, you know, he'd been to eight consecutive finals, uh, NBA finals leading up to this past season where he did not make it with the uh, with his new team, the L.A. Lakers. Um but is this the end of dynasties in the NBA? Um, I think so. I think what's happening is, is that the landscape of how the NBA is run and how the NBA is played um, is not necessarily going to lead to or lend itself to dynasties. Uh, one of the things that I mentioned because I did a, a podcast, uh, if you look back after you check out this podcast, um, on super teams. And while I never considered the Warriors to be a super team prior to Kevin Durant's arrival, because their core players of Steph Curry, Clay Thompson and Draymond Green were all drafted by the Warriors. And that's rare because normally teams don't draft players and you see them ascend to these type of heights. Although I will say the Oklahoma City Thunder drafted Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook and James Harden, three guys who all went on to win MVPs. And unfortunately, the Thunder have nothing to show for it. I mean, they had a trip to the finals, but no championships. Um so is this the end for dynasties in the NBA? I think so. Again, the NBA really would like to see, you know, they really don't want to see dynasties. The brass of the NBA, I should say. Uh, teams want to feel like they have a competitive ad- advantage or, or, or basically that they could compete on a night to night basis. They don't want anybody to have a competitive advantage over them. And if we're being honest. Uh, during LeBron's run these last few years uh, and the Warriors run, there really hasn't been any, I shouldn't say any, there hadn't been a lot of teams that could say, you know what, in a best four out of seven, we can beat them. There have been few that have tried (laughs) and there have been a few that have come close, but particularly LeBron's run in the East, I mean, even my hometown Hawks. I mean, I saw us get the number one seed in the East one year, a couple of years ago, and only to face LeBron in the uh, Eastern Conference Finals and, you know, get swept. So, I mean, it happens. I mean, it's just, you know, it it happens. You just weren't going to beat LeBron has just been on a crazy run. And that speaks that's a testament to the type of player that he is. Again, he's one of the all-time greats. Where you put him on the list, you know, it's up to you. But, yeah, he's one of the best. So I think, you know, it's – I think we're actually moving toward an era where 
the dynasties won't happen anymore. And again, maybe for the casual fan, uh, unless you're a fan of those particular teams, you know, I think the most casual fans are happy about that. They want to see teams compete. They want to see guys go at it each night. They want to feel like their team has a shot each and every week or each and every night, even if they don't. And that's where the NBA is. Is it over for super teams? Um, I mentioned, you know, the Warriors drafted their three uh, coast uh, core stars, uh, but then they became a super team when Kevin Durant arrived. Um, I think so. I think it's really over for super teams just because the NBA really wants to have competition. They want to have parity. And the salary cap is set up so that, you know, they actually don't want you to circumvent the process to create a super team. Like a lot of people were bent out of shape about how the Miami Heat came together when LeBron James and uh, Chris Bosh both joined forces with Dwayne Wade uh, down in South Beach. The thing that's lost about that is that LeBron James and Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh all took less money to make that happen. They didn't have max deals. So, you know, at the time, I think LeBron might have been, you know, in the top 10, maybe as far as salary wise, where he where he easily could have been and probably should have been first. I think his salary is like 15 million a year, which, you know. LeBron that's nothing but you know relatively speaking they were getting him for the cheap but he and Bosch and Dwayne Wade all decided to take less money just so that they could be in a position to compete so I think the NBA really they don't want to see super teams they would prefer not to because they want to feel like okay Everybody has legit chance. And when you look at the landscape of today's NBA as we roll into the new season um, and not just this season, but going forward in the next in the foreseeable future. For this upcoming NBA season. For the 2019 NBA season. There's legitimately at least 10 teams that feel like they can compete for a title. Now, that might not be true for everybody, but there's at least about 10 teams that feel like they have a legitimate shot at winning the crown. And if you're a fan of that, you you or excuse me, if you're a fan of those teams, you're excited. You're extremely excited because you feel like you have a shot. That's one of the beauty things about the NFL. Uh, the NFL for years has you know marketed and lived off the parity and. The reason being is that, yeah, you got your some teams that are pretty decent each year, but they market and live off the fact that, you know, most teams have a turnover of their roster. And when the season starts, anybody can win. Now, in theory, can everybody win? No, everybody can't win. But the more teams that you have that have a legitimate shot at winning, the better off your product is. So. With the Warriors being draft, drafting their three core stars, unless you can draft your players with the way that free agency is these days and the way players move around, I, I think it's over for super teams. I really do. 
you just look at the player movement around over this past offseason. You had Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving going to Brooklyn. You had LeBron James, who was already in L.A. with the Lakers. Anthony Davis forces a trade to L.A. Then the shocker. You had Kawhi Leonard, who won a title with the uh, Toronto Raptors. He takes Paul George from Oklahoma City, and they head to the L.A. Clippers. Then you've got Russell Westbrook and James Harden in Houston. Al Horford leaves the Boston Celtics to go join join the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Try saying that three times. Uh, The Greek freak in Milwaukee. They re-signed his running mate, Chris Middleton. You know, Kimball Walker goes to the Celtics from the Bobcats. The Utah Jazz made some moves. So you've got these players moving all around. And basically, you know, the super teams have been dismantled a lot. And I was telling one of my friends the other day, a lot changed when Kevin Durant popped his Achilles. Like the whole landscape of the NBA changed because let's 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 play devil's advocate for a second. Let's say uh, Kevin Durant doesn't get injured. Let's say Kevin Durant comes back and Golden State beats Toronto in the NBA finals and wins win their third title in three years. Um. What happens then? It, everything, and let's just assume that Kevin Durant stays in, in in the Bay Area. So the Warriors would be going for a four-peat. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, you probably still have this movement, but his injury and subsequently his decision to leave the Warriors kind of opened up everything. It opened up the landscape for uh, a lot of stuff. And then when you have these players moving, that was also a trickle-down effect. But, yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting 2019 season. But, yeah, player movement and, and, and these teams, these players moving from team to team. Now, I know the commissioner, Adam Silver, he doesn't like it. And I'm sure these owners don't like it. But what can you do? There's really not much that they can do. And the reason being is that these players have they they understand that they have the power. You're seeing guys take less money and and, and, and shorter contract deals. Keep in mind that, like when I watch basketball in the 80s and the 90s, you pretty much had the same teams coming back each year. And the reason being is that the free agency wasn't as popular back then. And guys were on long-term contracts. I mean, if, if you've got Jordan on an eight-year deal and you got Pippen on an eight-year deal and you got Horace Grant on an eight-year deal, that's your core right there. So there were guys signing eight, nine-year deals. And for lack of a better term, unless the team traded you, you were, quote-unquote, stuck there. So there's a difference. But in today's NBA, you see where players are not only moving, but some of them are even avoiding the Supermax contract. The Supermax contract, basically, in a nutshell, allows a team to pay its most tenured player the most amount of money. So these players have figured out, OK, well, I can either stay here or I can leave and go someplace where I really want to go and I'll make less money. And I'm OK with that. Case in point, Kevin Durant in his move from 
Golden State to Brooklyn, they're estimating that he walked away from $57 million between leaving San Antonio and leaving uh, Toronto. Kawhi Leonard walked away from close to $80 million. That's a lot of money. But what is $57 million to a guy that's probably worth $300 million? I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't <laughs> I don't have that many commas in my bank account. I'm sorry. But um, and I would hope that not only are these, you know, athletes and basketball players, uh, great basketball players, but I hope that they're smart, smart businessmen and that they don't ever find themselves in a predicament where they regret leaving that money on the table because you can't get it back. There's no way you can get it back. But I think, you know, to answer the question, is it over for super teams? I think so. And I don't think the NBA is sad at all. I don't think fans are sad either. I think for the most part, fans are cool with it, particularly if you feel like your team has a shot. And to be honest, most teams do. As I mentioned earlier, parity is going to rule the NBA for the foreseeable future. Uh what we're probably looking at is an era of instead of, you know, the super team with, you know, three or four stars on it. Uh, you're probably looking at, you know, your your best duo. You know, can if Katie and Kyrie, let's say Katie comes back healthy and Kyrie, let's, they, they got their bet that their best, too. And then you got, you know, Anthony, uh, Anthony Davis and LeBron in L.A. They got their two. And then you got Kawhi and. Uh, Paul George, they have their two. And so it's almost like you look across the landscape of the NBA and it's almost like, okay, you got your squad. I got my squad. We'll we'll meet up on the blacktop and we'll see who's the best team. And I think for the average NBA fan, uh, I think that's a good sign because, again, they feel like, you know, at some point your team is going to have a shot. There is some concern for fans and the NBA brass that when you have a situation like Kawhi leaving uh, Toronto for L.A., that they feel sometimes that small market teams don't have a shot to keep players away from the bright lights of the big cities. Um, I've never been to Toronto but I've heard so many great things. I heard it's a beautiful city. I heard it's a great place to kick it and hang out. Um, that being said, <laughs> Toronto ain't L.A. <laughs> uh, if you're young, black, and you got a pocket full of money, yeah, L.A. ain't a bad place to kick it. It ain't a bad place to live at all. I mean, so when you weigh that on the scale and you've got the ocean there and it's warm year round, Toronto can't compete with that. And so I don't blame Kawhi because Kawhi was a free agent. I don't know necessarily if small market teams are in jeopardy because I see a situation where you have a small market team in Milwaukee that has, you know, arguably one of the best players in the game. But when his time for free agency comes up, guess what? <laughs> New York is going to be there. L.A. is going to be there. And, you know, what are the big city that, you know, you may want to send him to? So we'll see. But I think 
the NBA as a whole, they're very satisfied or will be very satisfied with the parity in the NBA because, again, everybody's going to feel like they have a shot. And, again, it feels like, okay, hey, let's just get to the blacktop. You got your ball. I got my ball. May the best man win. And so is this the death of a dynasty? I think so. Not only is this the dy- the death of the dynasty for the Warriors, but the dynasty era. And for us casual fans who, you know, may have their favorite team in a place like Atlanta, like myself, you can hope that at some point you'll draft some players or you'll bring in some free agents. And you will be one of the teams that will be competing for an NBA title. We can hope. That's going to do it for me. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for checking out the latest edition of the 12 Kyle podcast. I'm your boy, 12 Kyle. We'll catch you guys next time. Five G's.